need to pray every day and they thank God. And I know that there are some people who are uh, physically ill and they're in pain, but when you under when you ask the Lord to undertake and when you open up your eyes and you give God the praise, God the glory, then the least little uh, event or responsibility becomes significant. When you thank God, because He said, "In all things give thanks," and He also said, "For all things give thanks." And and even I thought that even some of the clergy or some of the pastors, some of the pastors have a problem with they don't have a problem in all things give thanks. But they did have a problem with for all things. Well, I think a lot of people do because they say, for what? For being in a car accident? For what? For not just preachers, but the general population. For what? For uh, my family getting killed? Right. For what? So-and-so being murdered? For, for what? Right. And then you said, uh, for, for you, Lord, I honor you, Lord. So for all things, even that which I don't understand, even for that which seems to bring me the greatest of sorrows, Lord, uh, for your name's sake, Lord, I leave it in your hands, and I thank you, because it's all in your hands. If you, when you do that, when, when you get up and you start the day with saying, Lord, my life belongs to you, and I thank you for it, then it, your life's no longer insignificant. Then you realize you're not waking up to yourself. You're waking up because the Lord said that all that you do to do as unto the Lord. You're waking up to the Lord. Then you have a purpose because, like Paul said, if, if we didn't have a hope, our life would be miserable. But I think what people are missing out on is the fact that there's hope, but they don't see it because living to yourself in the carnal would not allow you to see the spiritual. So if you wake up in the morning and you go past the carnal, right to the spiritual, and say, Lord, I thank you because you are God. My life has meaning, just like the son said, because he lives. He said, Lord, because you live, I live. And my life has meaning. Your will, not mine. And so you're asking the Lord to undertake, to open up my ears, my eyes, so that I hear, that I see, that you would have me to hear as you would have me to see. Then your life takes on form. Well, you, you have to know that the Lord um, values you. You have value. If you read his word, I think it's, I don't know if it's in Matthew, it talks about the sparrows and how important a sparrow is. Not one falls down without him knowing about it. Right. He knows one little sparrow out of the entire world, he knows, falls down to the ground. Right. And we're worth more than many, many sparrows to him. Each individual person is valuable. We're precious in his sight. Right. And I know I sometimes think myself, I think about the people in nursing homes who are, they feel like they can't do anything, you know, and, and they get old in there and they have no one to visit them, but they, they live on their days and they go on and they go on and they go on and the Lord has a purpose for them too. Right. It, it was sad is that a lot of people miss the fact that the Lord has a purpose for them. So they, they feel like it's one of those, she's like 90-something, she felt like she's been cursed to live so long because they aren't looking at themselves through the eyes of the Lord. They're looking at themselves through the eyes of man, and all they can see is what's right in front of them. They can't see afar off, as the Lord would say. They can't see into the spiritual. So if if we can pray for anything, we pray for people see the hope that's in the Lord. So when you begin to pray and say, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I don't might I understand. Lord, uh, I can't, I don't know, 
what you know I can't say, but what you can say. And Lord, I trusted in you that if I see a brand new day, it's for a reason. And when you pray, and you're praying, when you say, Lord, uh, bless, Lord, whosoever will let them come, Lord, undertake for the sick, undertake for the shut-in. When you start praying, the Lord hears those prayers. They're not in vain. When you start praying for other people, when you start thanking God on behalf of other people, it's not in vain. You're here for a reason. You don't know whose life you have touched by going to the Lord and praying and interceding. You pray for those you've never seen. Yes, and also I like the fact, that too, that you don't have to walk this journey of life alone. You can have Jesus to walk with you. Right. In your trials, you can have the Lord. You can tell the Lord, Lord, walk with me in my sorrow. Lord, walk with me in my troubles. Lord, walk with me. While I'm on this pilgrim journey or tedious journey or whatever journey you may call it, you can ask the Lord to walk with me. Right. And, and the thing is, there are people who, they say they do, they're alone. They say they do everything by themselves. And then uh, what was really sad is that they look at other people and feel like other people should somehow include them. You know, you know it's, it's very difficult. And I think about when you said love as a brother, what do you do? You know, like uh, some people, I, I try to explain that people have their lives, you know, some have families, some, you know, they're, they're married, some have wives, some might not even be married, but they have their life. So, so what do you do, you know, over uh, a period of time when the person feels like, especially around the holidays, that they're basically alone? And that there are people that they feel like saints who could, I guess, take them into their home, invite them in with the festivities. How, how do you feel about that? Now, I personally know that if a person goes and acknowledges the Lord, your life will not seem hopeless or meaningless or tedious or routine or just mundane. It won't be because once you pray and you go into the spirit, once you yield your life to the Lord and you're praying a fervent prayer, an effectual fervent prayer, you won't feel the same about your days or your hours or the minutes that go by because they have value. Your prayers have value. Your faith has value. And that's what you have to do. You're not living unto yourself. But what do you do when we get into the ABCs of things, when a person feels like saints could, I guess, in a sense, what, pick up the slide for those who feel like they're alone? Feel like they're just out there? Well, you know, a lot of times a person, uh, like you said, has their own obligations. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, I, I think that's why around Thanksgiving and Christmas and from from like Halloween on to the end of the year, they have dinners downtown and they have different churches that have uh, make turkey dinners or. Um, Christmas dinners or have, you know, you can take part in that to make yourself kind of feel, but the, I know that's not the same. You, you want to feel like you're a part of something, and sometimes that can't be possible. I mean, um, I don't know. Sometimes you can accommodate the person. Sometimes it's not possible to do it or... I hate to say the word convenient because it's not about convenience or inconvenience, you know, because we should be there for saints. Um, I, I knew somebody who didn't have anybody, 
but he learned how to cook himself. He learned how to make himself good meals. And he took uh, every holiday um, and set it aside and determined, purposed in his mind that he was going to enjoy himself. I'm going to make a big meal. I'm going to relax. I'm going to watch football. I'm going to, you know, and, and he was all by himself and he did, he did just fine. He learned to like being by himself. I don't know. Um, you can't be with somebody all the time. Right. I mean, because it's not like, you know, it's not like you're, you're in a type of like marital relationship or anything like that, or even a family. Well, we're in a family relationship as far as the spirit, but I'm talking about the natural order. And then that kind of... You have separate households, you have... And then that kind of makes you feel guilty that you don't do it. And I don't know if it's a good thing to do things out of guilt. That's what I was wondering. I don't think it's a good thing to, you know, to do things because you feel guilty for some, or because of a person's situation. Because I think that um, is dangerous. I think that's how, you know, some people get married because they feel bad for the other person. They don't have enough sense to say, no, I, I don't love you and I don't want to marry you, but you feel guilty because the other person loves you and, you know. You feel guilty with, even if, because I, I, a bowl of Frosted Flakes is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, and so if I would stop and try and actually prepare a dinner, it wouldn't be because I wanted to do it. I would actually do it because I would feel obligated. Yeah, and you don't want anybody to do things for you out of obligation or guilt or, um, I don't know. I mean, once in a while, but to expect other saints to take you in all the time, I think is a little unreasonable because I think the Lord, I mean, you have to seek after the Lord and, and see what does he want for for you to do. I don't think it's good to be dependent on saints all the time. I think it's a good thing to be dependent on the Lord. And, you know, because I think that if, if you asked God, what should I do? I believe that he'll tell you what to do. You know, and after a while, I don't know, it becomes like, a necessity to take in a person who expects saints to um, well, on holidays or special days or special occasions. And it's, you know, e even like something that's really like a secular mm -hmm. holiday, you know, like Fourth uh, of July. I mean, I'm not a Fourth of July person. I'm definitely not a fireworks person. I, <laughs> I've seen one, I've seen them all. You know, that's just, you know, I, can't, I just can't. But I don't do that now either. Right, I can't stand for staring at the sky and watching stuff pop them. When I was a kid, it was a it was a nice thing, and I think sometimes people may remember what they did when they were younger, and when they get older, they want that same thing. You remember what you used to do, and I don't think that's healthy either, because I think the Lord says um, you, that you should go forward. Right. You shouldn't long for or uh, long for right. things that used to be. Right. Yeah, I right. think you have to, um, and, and it's a season. Everybody is in a certain season. There's a season for everything. I remember I, uh, years and years and years ago, uh, the pastor of this church, I told her I was just, I, I, I just felt like I was crying all the time. Every time I turned around, I was crying. And she, I was looking.
for her to console me? And she says, well, that's your season. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm in a season of crying. <laughs> I thought, man, <laughs> I was looking for some comfort and, and tips on how to keep me from being so sad. But she says, that's your season. That, that's the time that you have. And it passes, you know, and it does. Um, and I have to say that I, too, at times, remember what I had when I was younger. You know, growing up, when I was, you know, dating, first married, you know, how much fun everything was and how you were always invited to parties. And But what, you know, uh, the bottom line is that's not the race that we're in. The race that we're in is for salvation. And whatever the season is, you ask the Lord to bless you and help you through it. I know it's hard. I know that uh, it could make you cry. And I know that you could be irritated with yourself. But... Um, True. Because it depends on what 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 events happen around those particular seasons, you know. It will it so it has a different meaning for different people. Right. And so sometimes when somebody tries to project how important it is to them and they actually I know a person who actually gets irritated because they look at someone else and they feel that, that person is capable of inviting them to dinner and then I explain that they're married. And a lot of times, you have to, that person has to consider their spouse. They just can't, you know, you know even, even my aunt, she just got to the point where she didn't feel like cooking. And, you know, you, you can't say, well, come over and expect the person to just drop everything and just do because that's well, how that, you Well, that, I think, is a person who hasn't had the, those responsibilities before so that they don't know how hard it is to cook for a whole big family, take care of a family and children and, and have other obligations. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, supposed to be a fun time, but, um, you know, people don't understand that even though it's a fun time, for the people who are doing it, it's like a pain in the butt. <laughs> it's a pain in the butt to make a big dinner, a pain in the butt, and then, too, you don't know what kind of families are. I mean, I, I understand that it should be, you know, saints, and it should be a good family. No drinking, no cussing, no swearing, no uh, nothing carnal, nothing. You know, everybody should be peaceful. But um, in a lot of families, that's not true. You know, there's a lot of arguing and drinking. And well, but, but if we're talking, you know, saints. If if saints have the ability to invite someone over, I think they should. But if that's not their lifestyle, because saints do have lifestyles, if that's not what they do over the holidays, now I think that's presumptuous somebody to say you can if you wanted to, but you might not. Want I know to. a couple families that just don't. They stick to themselves. They don't ever have guests over to their house. They don't ever have dinner parties. They don't ever invite people over. Right, because to me that's basically that's a. A worldly custom. I mean, it's something that the world does, and not that there's anything wrong with it. But I feel like saints should be there for other saints, but it has to be done in such a way that, you know, it's done in the spirit of love. You know, you're being other-centered, but but you try to take on responsibility or obligation that you normally would not do, and you're doing that because somebody's irritated because you're 
think it's done in the right spirit. Just like gift giving. They compare how much a person spends on a gift. They add up what they spend on their gifts, and when they give the gift to the person, if what he or she gets is not equal to what they have given the person, they, they feel disappointed. I said, well, you shouldn't even exchange gifts. That's the, that defeats the whole spirit of giving. You know, if you're going to just keep it. That is just, that, that's what basically Christmas has come down to. If I spend $100 on a gift, you expect $100 on the gift that you get. You know, that's basically what they're doing because if you give me uh, something that costs 100 I give you something that costs $5, you know, <laughs> somehow a person feels like they've been uh, cheated or something. Well, I know somebody who, who did things to me that, and I could tell for as a birthday gift, I gave somebody something. And, and this is an individual I worked with for like 20-some years. And we'd exchange gifts and birthdays and Christmas and stuff. And I gave a gift, and I could tell right away by their facial expressions that it wasn't um, something that they liked. Well, my birthday came along, <laughs> and I got a gift, and it was a little, it was just a little square straw basket. I mean, maybe an inch and a half high and four inches wide, and it had notebook, uh, like sticky notes in there, and a little itty bitty pen in that. Okay. <laughs> and, and I knew right away that was that individual's way of telling me that they didn't like what I had given them last time. Right. See, and I can't see exchanging gifts if, if a person is going to, if it's tip for tat. So all mm -hmm. I'm saying is that. I realized the holidays, when you ask yourself why is it so sad for some people, that's because in the natural sense, it's a natural gathering of, of, of people. But right. in the spiritual sense, you, you have to somehow ask the Lord to take you beyond that. But I have to tell, I have to say that as you grow, grow older and as you lose family members and friends, you are by yourself. And it's not just one individual who doesn't get invited to. Um, by other saints. It happens to everybody at some point in their life. And it does get a little bit more lonely. And that's true. And all you have is Jesus. All you have is the race that you're running to be with the Lord when you die. That's the whole point of being saved. That, that you stay saved. That you... Um, you know, it happens to everybody. And, you know, you can ask the Lord, and the Lord will give you a new way, a new tradition for yourself, a new way to celebrate the holidays, a new way to enjoy it. Right, to push past the, I guess, the, the natural worldliness of it so that you go beyond that. But, but there is a scripture that says, that the Lord says, I, I don't know exactly off the top of my hand, head, but the Lord says, there's, I have a new new thing for you. Right. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You'll see it. And if you're in tune with him spiritually, you'll see what he has for you. Just wait. I have a new thing. Right. And and it's just like he's take. I think it's in Isaiah. It's like there's going to be ways in the wilderness, uh, rivers in the desert, and there's going to be a new way for you to enjoy your life. Right. Without so you don't think that you're alone or thinking that somebody is excluding you so that you're relying upon the Lord.
reward for your happiness and not people to make you happy. You're happy within yourself. And that was one of my big things as people started to pass away in my family. And, and you know, it's like I want, I have been, I always ask the Lord to bless me to enjoy being by myself. I want to enjoy, I want to laugh at myself. I want to be able to do things that I enjoy with the Lord. You know, I have a new companion. I have a new person to share my life with. I have I have someone that loves me and I love him. You know, it's like I have a new relationship. I right. have so that it, that it grows a stronger so that a person isn't caught in the physical because I believe that's what happens. Because what if you start basing your happiness and your contentment on gathering with a with a group of people now with saints fellowship now, they're not just fellowshipping for themselves and to themselves. That's what has gone wrong with work. When we come together, we're fellowshipping unto the, the Lord. We're fellowshipping with one another, but we're gaining spiritual strength in, in the Lord. And you, when you get to natural events, you know, everyday carnal events, that might not be. So you can't look to someone to step in and fill that void unless the Lord provides it. But it's nothing that you would depend upon. Yeah, I guess we went up. Uh, too long, so we can't <laughs> we can't get into our little tip for the holidays for shopping. Oh, yes, praise the Lord. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm one nineteen and sixty three. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, why should we give thanks to the Lord? And the answer is, because he's good and his mercy endures forever. And you can find that in Psalm 136, verse 1, which reads, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. This week's food for thought is, what happens if God's law is in your heart? Hint, the Bible, and that's food for thought. 